Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, and this is the place where I speak about everything from personal growth, social justice, queer issues, and how to ADD, how to add to your life. Assess, dream, and design your life to live out the best of who you are and accomplish your goals and dreams. Well, today's going to be something a bit more mindful. And if my voice is a bit off today, I just did a two-hour webinar this morning, and uh, I'm feeling a bit hoarse. (laughs) That's just the nature of the beast, I suppose. You know, we've just had, I'm in Canada, but the United States just had the the, the midterm elections, and it it asks, or it makes me ponder a, a bigger question about what we're striving for as individuals and as a human collective. And, you know, I was thinking a lot um, about that because part of what I was um, talking about in my webinar is that, you know, each and every one of us deserves to be happy. And my mission is to empower people to live out the best of who they are and to help people who might have a gift a tool, a service, an idea that can make a massive, positive, impactful improvement in the world. Nothing would excite me more to to be on the side of helping someone bring something like that to the world. So I love a lot of these documentaries that you can see on Netflix and Chef's Table is, is one of my favorites. Um, you know, I did cooking school for a year when I was 19 and loved it as an exercise. Realized there's no way I wanted to do that as a career, but I, I did the whole year and I learned a lot and I really appreciate watching, getting into the minds of these chefs who are, you know, absolute creative geniuses and talents within their own right, within their own countries, within their own style of cooking. So the third season of Netflix's uh, Chef's Table featured um, Young Kwan, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. She's a Buddhist monk who lives in Korea and is world-renowned for her vegetarian cooking. Now, of course, like the scenery, the, 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 the filming is absolutely beautiful uh, where she lives and I guess this meditation retreat. Everything that she does in her life, her way of speaking, her food preparation, her gathering of the vegetables is a meditation of sorts. You know, her day from start to finish involves meditation, prayer, planting, harvesting, long-term food preparation, things like making kimchi, which needs time to ferment, and then the daily meal preparation for her fellow monks. And everything is about being in the present moment. I wrote down something that she said that I think is the most appropriate title for the podcast today. Creativity and ego cannot go together. Now, certainly it's an interesting statement to ponder for our Western world. You know, we are constantly striving. I certainly am. We're building things. We're creating things. We're solving problems that we actually created for ourselves. We're trying to outperform, outdo someone else. We're trying to make more than our neighbor, or we're trying to 
fit in and be just as good as the Joneses down the street. We're attempting to get more income than anyone else. You know, and while some of us are working to achieve that thing called balance in life, you know, others are doing everything possible to increase their network at the expense of humanity, at the expense of the climate, at the expense of the entire planet's well-being. But what if, what if, instead of trying to outperform everyone else, instead of trying to create a new product or a new service that no one needs, what if we could take part, even a small part, in mindful living? This is really what I took from the Netflix episode. Look around at the world right now. Wherever you are, if you've got headphones in, you're listening to me speak, where are you? Just look around and notice. Don't judge. If you're in transit, in your car, or on a public transit, there's less and less connection to other people. People's heads are down on their cell phones, or they've got headphones on listening to me, talking to them in their podcast. (laughs) There's, as a result, a growing lack of empathy. There's seemingly more hatred than love. And as long as politicians and really nasty capitalist uh, business owners, and I could certainly name names and you could guess, maintain the greatest amount of power through their wealth and their selfishness and their greed and their absolute disregard for humanity and life on this planet, the more perilous our lives become. The problem, or one of the problems, is anger and how to let go of anger. It's really easy to slide into that place of anger as a reaction to something someone did or someone said or an event or something we read in the news. And I know of what I speak because anger is a part of my personality. You know, I'm um, reading a book right now, and uh, Flourish by Martin Seligman, who is also known for uh, the bestseller Authentic Happiness. And he talks about, you know, there is substantive research out that, that talks about how our character makeups that some people are more prone to depression. Some people are more prone to anger. Some people are more prone to just being very happy-go-lucky. And I'm one of these people that can so easily get angry. And I don't deny that part of myself, but I've learned to understand it and to better manage it. Because anger is a story. Anger is a response. Anger is, if you stay in anger, you're stuck in the past because you're angry at something that has happened. So how I choose to respond or react in this very moment requires presence and peace of mind and mindfulness and the ability to exist in what's called the gap. And the gap is that that place, that space of no time and no thing. And in Zen meditation is one example. This is referred to as the difference between not thinking and non thinking. That's a very useful cone. A cone is kind of like 
a riddle, but it's not a riddle like something you can really figure out and give an answer to. It's something that's a bit of a mind bender. It makes you stop and think, what is the difference between not thinking and non-thinking? That's the gap. That's that space in between. It's a place deep inside of you, and maybe it's your higher consciousness where you can potentially realize that your emotions are an action or a reaction, and they're not who you are. And I've talked about this in the sense of we are not our problems. So we can have an emotional response, but we can also decide once we're in that emotion whether we want to alter it, modify it in one direction or another. If I allow myself to get upset every single time I read something about Donald Trump, my reactive emotions don't help anyone, myself included. And, you know, as a Canadian, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to allow myself to be ignorant of what's happening south of the border, but I'm much more respectful of how I need to feel and be present and help other people. So I limit how much I want to know about what's going on in politics. There's what I need to know, and then there's just TMI, too much information. You know, if we're going to make our world better, happier, and a more peaceful place, we cannot use anger as a form of retaliation. That's almost like revolution, and, and, and revolution may remove a dictator, may take someone out of power, and it comes from a place of anger, and often a place of fear that has then motivated people to be angry. But sometimes revolution backfires, and we've seen this in the history of many political upheavals. A revolution replaces one government with another one that becomes worse than the, the one before. We need evolution, and evolution is something that is changing and changes shape and form and doesn't go backwards. And we can use anger as an impetus for coming up with mindful and humane solutions to our problems if we're able to go into that gap, that space between not thinking and non-thinking. Because anger overrides clear and logical thought. If you're angry, forget it. You know, trying to find a solution while you're angry is like trying to figure out why the sun rises in the east. It just does. Let it go. (laughs) Yeah, I was discussing this not paradox, but this thing about being angry <clears throat> with a friend of mine uh, who's a writer on Medium, where I'm also a writer. Um, I had written a, a post called Navigating Love, Sex, and Mixed Orientation Marriage. And, you know, it, it, it was a response to an article in a Canadian publication. And what I was writing about was all the hatred I had seen in the comments in relation to um, what was happening um, in the story of that article. So the best examples lately, currently, of unbridled anger can be found on any social media platform from Facebook to Twitter to Medium. Like comments can be off the chart, reprehensible, cutting, vicious, arrogant, bigoted, racist, bullying, defamatory. It can make you lose your faith in humanity. 
it's like somebody posts an angry comment and they just log off and they think, I can say whatever the fuck I want. I don't give a shit about that person. Very different when you're not sitting in front of someone and looking into their eyes and saying that same thing. Your response, even in anger, if you said the exact same words to somebody face-to-face, would make you feel very differently. So how do we respond to haters, to the, to the angry mob online without losing our wits, our senses, our, our, our ability to create meaningful change through dialogue? Well, I'm going to read a quote, what I wrote to my friend um, on Medium when we were talking about this problem. First, one has to be in the right mindset, specifically calm, relaxed, and unthreatened. In the case of your interaction on Facebook, it sounds like the other person or both of you are on the defensive. And in that moment, the logical brain, the prefrontal cortex, is being taken over by the ancient brains, which protect you for comfort and safety. But it's only from a place of calm that you can practice empathy. And a good practice is to pretend. Imagine someone else's suffering. How do you think they feel? How would that feel if it were happening to you? How would you simply be there without judgment, without trying to fix anything, and allow them to express to you how they are feeling? It's not always easy. Many of us are trained to fix things, to offer a solution. But the best solutions come from the individual themselves. And that's why I love coaching, since it helps the person being coached to find their own answers. But in the case of trauma, that's not a time for a fix. It's a time for compassion and empathy. Coming back to the gap that I was talking about, that space of non-thinking, to get clear on the best course of action will yield the most positive outcome for potential transformation, if not for yourself, then for the people you spend time with, and that can spread outward if more people are open to that possibility. Let's say that again, stepping into the gap, the space of non-thinking, to get clear on the best course of action will yield the most positive outcome for potential transformation. I've got a few episodes planned coming up where I'm going to talk about fear as a mind killer and the mindfulness around that and what the opposite of fear is. And I I think I might be talking about meditation and what I've been doing for about the last five weeks and uh, the particular consciousness meditation that I'm doing and how it's really helped me and how it's, I feel altering in a positive way, my, my way of thinking. So I want to close this podcast with with one more quote from the Dalai Lama, which I think is just so perfect here. And I quote, I appeal to all who belong to the generation of the 21st century to be determined to create a happier, more peaceful world. Use your intelligence in a positive way to cultivate the warm-heartedness that can be the catalyst of constructive change. When the education system encourages only materialistic goals with little concern for universal human values, cultivating warm-heartedness can make all the difference. 
So that harkens back to the opening quote from Yang Quan, the Buddhist monk and vegetarian chef, creativity and ego cannot go together. There's nothing wrong with creating, with making new things, with earning income. But there are negatives to that when too much ego, and ego is a form of fear, get in the way. As always, thank you for listening and live out and live proud.